Welcome to Snowcast. The new podcast from Snow Sites was made when we smashed together the acronym for School Newspapers Online and the word podcast and hit record on some laptop software. I'm your host, Alex McNamee. Every week I'll be talking to journalism teachers, students, and working professionals discussing journalism best practices, lessons from being out in the field, and everything in between of interest to you. We're still in the early stages of podcast production, so please bear with us as we work out some kinks episode to episode. We promise we'll share with you what we've learned along the way. Today, we have our first caller on the show, but first, a little theme music to set the mood. Kansas High School Journalism Advisor, Emily Smith. Emily, hi, how are you? Hi, Alex, thanks for having me on. Emily's staff at the Booster Redux has had an online home for several years, but has faced some of the same struggles, I think, of a lot of journalism advisors and their staffs uh, when they add an online publication to the print edition that they've been solely focused on for so long. Um, It's the universal problem of, I think, just figuring out how to start, shifting focus, moving resources, uh, that kind of thing. Essentially just asking, okay, well, what now? Everything clicked for Emily's crew last year, and we're going to unpack how that happened. But first, because I don't want to put any words in your mouth, Emily, what were some of the specific struggles that you and your staff had uh, with the website since it launched five or so years ago? Well, I always had a really dedicated group of kids that were really excited about the concept of publishing. But for whatever reason, even though every year when we got together and we talked about what we wanted to accomplish for the year and online was always agreed upon as a priority, somehow along the wayside when we got busy, um, print always became the focus. And I think there's just something about kids seeing their name in print. Um, they don't realize the ramifications of being online and how easily it can be said. So it always kind of fell by the wayside. And then along the way, it became a thing of like, well, if you miss deadlines, then we're going to put your story online. And we also kind of had to reverse that thinking of that like online was this form of punishment. So um, and the, to quote the great Aaron Mansell, you know, sometimes you just have to wait for that right kid to come along to get a project or get an idea completely off the ground. And I think that um, with this last year and this upcoming year, we finally have the right combination of kids that are passionate, they're curious, they're forward-thinking, and they are really excited about online. And we have done some things this year to really make online a priority first. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that the kind of idea of online and publishing online as a punishment uh, came to be on 
your staff? I mean, kind of where does that come from when everybody starts to think so positively about it and then it turns into something entirely different? I think it's probably more about our community than about the actual mindset. Um, we don't have that much of a developed online presence as a school district. And so um, there was this long-standing tradition for our particular school that when our print publication comes out, it goes as an insert in the local community paper. Mm-hmm. And when I began advising, um, it had stopped. The previous advisor had had a falling out with the publisher, and the, the booster was pulled. And I didn't know it, but it had caused a really big conflict. And so when we, uh, when I took over and we started publishing again, it was a huge celebration in the community to have the booster back. And we have always had great community support because they love seeing the articles and they love writing with, or reading what the kids write. And so um, there has kind of been this disconnect between online and our community. And I don't mean that just with our staff in particular. Like I said, it's, it's our entire district. And so... Um, you know, like a lot of our clubs and organizations didn't have a lot of online presence. Like um, Facebook was really slow to catch on. Twitter was really slow to catch on. I mean, I have some kids now on staff that still aren't on Twitter, which blows my mind. Yeah, you know, what I find with, you know, some publications new to kind of the online website universe um, is that they're being kind of pulled in two different directions related to the website, kind of as far as like, being inspired to use it, like, you know, wanting to perfect their site's design and make it look amazing and trying to just get stories up online, start publishing. And we preach that publishing is priority number one and designing is kind of this forever ongoing process. Um, Where do you think, if at all, you and your staff got stuck kind of on that spectrum over the years? Did you have problems with the the design of the site lacking inspiration did you have most problems just publishing and trying to understand how that will work oh i think you pretty much just described us to a t um when i bought the domain and then when i signed up with snl um i kept trying to find the one kid to empower to have them really take off on the website we had developed a fairly high quality print product that there were certain expectations, um, not just from the staff, but for me, for everybody to see, like, you wanted to have it look a certain way. I wanted it to look professional and be presentable. And while you're exactly right on, like, it's more important to get content up, but there's something about you also kind of want it to look right because you don't want it to be that this kid, you finally get this kid to buy in, they write the story, they publish it, and then it's either not read, um, and with analytics, like, you can track if something's being read or not, or people are commenting on how lame the website is, or how it doesn't look good, or it's not easy to navigate, and then you have this shift from such a positive output to, you know, negative feedback, and it's not even necessarily about the content, it's about the appearance. And so I was always kind of nervous or worried about the negative feedback I was going to get from adults or the administration about 
really? That's what you guys put out? Like, that's what your website looks like? So, I really very much wanted to empower kids. You know, when I had a kid that was like, I would do online. I would sit down, I would show them the website, I would make them a login, I would show them all the things they could they could do, and I would say, okay, this is your baby. Like, you, and I would give them all the different, um, you know, award-winning websites to look at, to model after, and say, this is what other kids are doing across the country. Look how cool this is. Look what they're doing. Look how, um, you know, modern or, or groundbreaking this is. Trying to inspire them, hoping that it would, you know, spark something in them, and they either would just, like, lose interest, or um, they didn't really take it serious, and it just kind of would fizzle out. And so, when I finally had some kids come along the last couple of years that, like, they were ready to really take over and, like, be invested in the process, like, it was definitely a game changer for us. But that fear of presentation is definitely, I think, what held us back helped me back personally for many years. Do you think that project of, you know, this is your baby, this is your website, make it look great, and the failure of that is a end product of it being the site being difficult to use, or is it more an end product on the student self-motivating themselves and learning? Mm-hmm. But it's not, it's what, it's, to me, it's no different than learning InDesign or Photoshop or learning how to use a camera. You can't read about how to do it. You have to do it. You have to try things. You have to publish things. You have to be willing to take that risk. And my kids, and no different than anybody else's kids, are involved in so many things. And, you know, they, they're playing sports. They're taking the AP classes. They're on, you know, they're in drama. They dance. They So uh, getting that right group of kids, let's talk about when you started to see a shift and when you started to see a change as far as the way that 
those kids who were responsible for it and the rest of the team, the rest of the staff started to think about the website? When did that happen? Um, I would say probably two summers ago, and I had a girl who was going into her junior year. She had been on staff since she was a freshman, and she was interested in pursuing journalism or marketing or something of that manner. And she was like, I'm really interested in online. And I was like, here we go. So I sat down and I made her log in and I showed her everything and I gave her a list of all websites to go to and I said, this is what we could be doing. And she came back and she said, I really want to do this. And I said, okay, great. There's a camp. And so she and a bunch of kids signed up. And as you know, um, Maddie went to camp and she got the pleasure of working with you. Maddie. Um, at the Jayhawk Media Maddie Robinson at Jayhawk Media Workshop at KU um, in Lawrence, Kansas, and she got that one-on-one attention she needed from an expert such as yourself from SNL, who was not me, a bubbling idiot that just kind of dabbled from time to time, and I think <laughs> that immersed experience with you really kind of sparked that interest in her and showed her this wasn't so scary. Um, Patrick was my senior at the time, he also was with Maddie, and I think at the time he was excited about it, but as the year went on, he got so caught up in senior year stuff, you know, we played football, then scholarships and things like that, that um, it was a lot to try to juggle, and so it primarily fell on Maddie, and with Maddie's schedule, she didn't, she wasn't in during class with the other kids, and... Um, so what happened was it kind of became her priority, so she really took her time getting the website to look the way we wanted it to, trying to figure out new options. And then about last spring, um, one of my other juniors, Nicole, got very excited about online and was very much inspired by some of the uh, finalists for Journalist of the Year. And she began working with Maddie, and together they kind of teamed up and pushed each other she really was active about reaching out to SNL for support, looking for ways to do redesign, um, looking for input on how to do different features. And she really, I think, was very excited about all the opportunities and really figured out a lot of the different features. And when she started putting that, some of that content together, I think the kids were really impressed with what they saw because what we started doing, which is kind of the online sin, is that we took all our stuff from print and we put it online. Uh-huh. And what Nicole did was that she took all the pictures and she just made it look really attractive and made, did some cool features and things like that. And it really impressed the kids. And then Nicole took it one step further and decided that she wanted to learn how to do video. And I had never, you know, I had kids that were interested in video, but they never quite pursued it to the end. And she sat down one weekend and taught herself how to do everything. I showed her some basic editing, talked about some different things, um, and she went out and she found a subject and she interviewed them and she created a video, and then she went from there that she learned how to do a multimedia project, and she went out and she um, she covered a community event, and she wrote a story about it, she took her own photos, and then she interviewed people and made her own story, and after she showed people that, I think that got kids more excited to see the content from our community versus looking at all these schools from across the country. So I think between Maddie and Nicole, they very much are the ones that have hauled us kicking and screaming into 2018. 
Yeah. You know, I looked up screenshot archives of um, the Booster Redux site several months ago, actually, kind of tracing back to April 2017-ish. And it was just clearly a different time for you guys back then. And essentially the evolution um, of that site is undeniable from its design and, and the amount of uh, just kind of available new content all the time that you guys are are having up there. Do you think one of the big lessons for um, other advisors trying to figure out how to work this is um, as far as who you put in charge of the online publication, uh, do you think it should be a more of a team effort or kind of a solo person that it's all on their shoulders? Oh, I, I think it 100% depends on the makeup of your staff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I very much change everything pretty much from year to year depending on the makeup of the kids I feel like you have to play to their their strengths and and their needs and um you know I almost always have a team of editor-in-chief just because of you know different strengths and personality makeups and things like things like that and this is the first time in nine years that I've had a single editor-in-chief so um you know in years past like if I had multiple kids that were interested online, you know, I would try to team them up. If it was going to work, um, I would try to give different kids different roles that I thought would, you know, really work to their strengths or their curiosities. And um, it just never quite clicked. And I think part of that was because my kids that were interested in online, while they enjoyed being on staff, it was not like a priority for them or like their main focus of high school. It was like they were this nebulous kid that was pulled in because they were friends with somebody. They didn't necessarily want to write or do design or photography. So like online looked appealing. And then they kind of figured out that, um, I was going to let them move at their own pace. And then eventually they figured out if they just sat really still in class and didn't make a lot of movement, I wouldn't even probably remember to ask them about it because there's 32 other kids going in 32 different directions. And so eventually, you know, they just kind of blended in and it was forgotten about. So I think definitely you have to find the right chemistry to move forward. I mean, I, I regret that it wasn't six years ago. Um, but I think part of that, too, is because I was a new young advisor still trying to figure out how to master balancing two publications, you know, balance all the grading. Uh, I have a staff of about approximately 30 to 35 full-time photographers that are outside of my newspaper and my yearbook staff. And so when you balance all of that, you know, it's just one more plate you have to keep spinning. And there's all this pressure because depending on your community or your geographic location, there's some other school down the street that probably has an amazing program, and it's it's kind of intimidating to try to throw your hat in the ring when you see what some of those other schools are doing. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of have to take a step back, take a deep breath, stop comparing yourself, and just give your kids the opportunity to prove to you what they are capable of. Yeah. So really, it's difficult. And if you're some other advisor and you're having these challenges, it's okay to be struggling through that. Yeah, and, you know, for us, like, when we were, you know, talking about what changes we were going to make from last year to this year, um, you know, we print 10 issues a year. And um, and I, I said, look, we have to do something different because every year, because we didn't really start 
firing on all cylinders for online until last spring, right before we got out of school. And the kids actually did a great job. They did content over the summer. When I met with my editor, we talked about what can we do to keep this momentum going, and we ultimately decided that we're not going to print 10 issues this year. We're going to print five, and we're not going to print until late October, and we're going to really come in and focus at the beginning of the year on basic um, skills that we should you know, already have to kind of review those, and then we're going to get going online, and we're going to have a, an online publishing schedule established before we move forward to focusing on print. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that will give us a jump start to starting our year off on a good foot for online and print. What did firing on all cylinders uh, really look like? What, How had your publishing schedule and those habits um, changed? What were you kind of down to at the end of last spring? Um, honestly, my editor, Nicole, was really diligent about creating new content for online. I mean, if you look at the, uh, the new content versus like what was published in print versus online, Nicole was almost that sole creator of that. She was making videos. Um, she figured out how to do a photo gallery, so she was publishing kids' photos from events. She was writing stories. And then when other kids saw what she was doing, then she kind of pulled in another kid, and she pulled in another kid, and they kind of really bought into it when I saw it wasn't so scary and intimidating. And so she kind of got that buy-in going of, oh, this is, you know, I can do this. I can achieve this. And so... Um, I mean, I have to, you know, give Maddie credit for definitely reviving online, but I also have to give credit to Nicole for giving it momentum for moving forward. All right, so you can follow the Booster Redux at boosterredux.com. That's booster, R-E-D-U-X.com. And anywhere that fellow advisors can follow along with you, Emily? Uh, Yeah, I'm at Twitter at EmilySmith41. Um, and, you know, they can always email me or contact me through the website. Um, I have the most traditional name in the world, so it's Emily <laughs> and Smith. They're both spelled, spelled traditionally, so good luck finding me. And um, I'll be around at national conventions or anything like that. Thanks, Emily. Thanks for having me, Alex. I appreciate it. Thanks again to Emily Smith for joining the podcast today, and thank you for tuning in. You can subscribe and follow Snowcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us at anchor.fm slash snowcast. We'll be back next week with another episode.